1: You're on Cricket. Cricket Core acquired on four lines. Data speed limited to three megabits per second. Cricket may slow data speeds when the network is busy. Additional fees, usage, and restrictions apply.
0: Have you ever had a nightmare neighbor? You know, a neighbor from hell? You know what I'm talking about. If so, we want to hear about it in our brand new podcast, Nightmare Neighbors. That's right. We got another one in the works. We need your stories first. Go to NightmareNeighbors.com and send in your Nightmare neighbor story or call in toll-free 888-68-CRAZY, 888-68-CRAZY, and share your Nightmare Neighbor story with us. And we may talk about it and use it on a future episode of the Nightmare Neighbors podcast coming very soon. Maybe they're your current neighbors. Maybe they were a neighbor from years gone by. Now is the chance to tell your story anonymously. Go to nightmareneighbors.com to share your nightmare neighbor story with us or call 888 68 CRAZY and be part of the brand new Nightmare Neighbors Podcast. Today on Real Ghost Stories Online, a family's car breaks down on a deserted stretch of road with no living souls around, except that of an evil one. Welcome
1: to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your Real Ghost Story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You are about to enter the world of the unknown, and quite possibly, the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online.
0: 855-853-4802 is our phone number. Write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. And if you want to keep us on the air, become a supporter of our show, an extra podcast person. You get bonus episodes every single week, exclusive to EPPs. You also get advanced episodes of the show. Weeks before the release to the public, ad-free, and we give you access to our audiobook and our ebook, both purchasable on Amazon or Audible for about 15 bucks a pop. But they're yours free when you become an EPP. GhostPodcast.com or Patreon.com slash real ghost stories to sign up. Support our program. Keep it on the air. Tony and Jenny Bruski joining you once again. Hi. And how are you this fine day?
2: I'm great. How are you?
0: We've been in the uh, the new facilities for about a week. Mm-hmm. And um, I think i probably ask you this uh, at every uh, new facility uh, or home, as some may call it. I like to call it the facility. Uh, when, it's a home. Would people talk about it. Like, it
2: sounds like you are uh, <laughs> a facility. Just sounds like you've been put someplace.
0: Let's return to the facility. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm going to say from now on. Let's go back to the facility, not no. let's go home. Let's go back to the facility. Um, uh, uh, any any weird feelings, any weird vibes, any ghosts? Is it haunted? Is no, getting to?
2: it's actually not. There's nothing here. There's more positive energy here than okay. probably the last two houses combined.
0: I just ask because I know our listeners wonder.
2: Yeah, no, I, I feel nothing. Um, I feel nothing on the property. Walk the whole property. I think it's just been farmland and this house is not old. I mean, it's almost Mm. three years old and that's it. Yeah. So I think we're good.
0: I put a garden up. Yeah. Tilled some soil. Actually, had someone till it for me Uh, and um, no bodies,
2: no bones.
0: Although we have found a lot of random bones around the yard.
2: They're cow bones. Are they though? They are definitely cow bones. Sure. It's
0: that femur we found the other day wasn't uh human.
2: That'd be mm-hmm. one big ass human. Mm-hmm. So no, that's a femur of a cow.
0: So how does that work? Like the, the I know that because there's a lot of neighborhood dogs around here that like mm-hmm. the, the bones and mm-hmm. they play with them. Is it did like cows just randomly die in fields and then they get eaten or do like the farmers, wh- where are they getting the bones?
2: Probably some of the farmers around here save some of the bones for the dogs.
0: Okay. After their cow dies, they just let it or nature after they take process
2: over. It, they bring a couple of bones oh, home. Okay. And then the way the dogs run free around here, they mm-hmm. probably, it's community dog bones.
0: Yeah. Okay. I didn't know how that worked. Yeah. It's like potluck <laughs> with well, a bone.
2: Yeah. I mean, every farm around here has mm-hmm. at least two dogs. so. Sure. You know, you, you bring home a, bar, a bone or two for the dogs.
0: Be a great way to, uh, uh, to hide a body. You know, you just go to different farms and put different bones in different parts. And then everybody just assumes it's a cow bone. God. Turns out like, you know, no, nope, Aunt Maggie's all over that uh, acreage over there. And it's gross. The dogs just think it's another cow bone. Mm-hmm. Just Wait. That's gross. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost stories with us. We would absolutely love to hear them. Our uh, first uh, letter, it says, so this happened around the time I was three or four years old. My mother, godmother, and a friend of theirs, who we'll call Nick, was driving down some country back roads in what I believe might have been Kansas or Texas during a freak snowstorm. As my mom tells that the roads were absolutely covered in snow, and it was nearly impossible to see anything a few feet out in front of them. I've been mean, driving down the road for a few hours when the car just stopped. The engine would not turn over and nothing they tried would get the car to start up again. The only thing that seemed to be working was the headlights and the radio, even though they were starting to get a bit iffy. They were several miles away from the nearest house, which was unfortunately behind them through a blizzard. So they decided to wait for a few minutes, while the, uh, wait for the engine to rest so Mom could try it again, see if she'd get it to turn over. About 15 minutes later, my godmother starts to get freaked out. My mother told me she was acting fidgety and scared, which if you've ever met my godmother, you'd understand to be a wild reaction from her. She'd start looking outside as if, as if expecting something to come at the car from the snow-covered fields around them. Even going so far as to start pestering Mom about getting the car running a few times again. Nick even started to do the same thing, even going so far as to reach over at one point to try and start the engine himself before Mom stopped him. With both freaking out, Mom started to look around for a street sign or house so she could call someone and tell them where they were, trying to see what was around the car through the snow. She did not notice when my godmom and Nick went dead silent until she looked back at them. My godmother looked so scared she had practically been clutching onto the car door as she looked out the front window. Nick doing the same thing as he tried to hide behind the back seat of mom's driver's seat. Mom looked out front as well, but did not see anything. I could have terrified them until she saw something running towards the front of the car. A few minutes later, she saw it was a medium-sized dog. As it got closer, she noticed it was mostly white. It was a border collie. She looked back to my godmother and Nick to see they were even more terrified, as in completely... Wreck your pants, kind of scared. She cannot understand why. And when she asked, my godmother only responded with, we need to get out of there, out of here right now. That thing is evil. They acted as if the dog was a monster, going so far as to start shouting when mom suggested letting it into the car since it was so cold outside. Deciding that if they were going to be in this, this crazy about that, she would leave it outside. Assuming the owner was nearby to take it home and keep it safe if it is out in the weather and looked perfectly okay being out in the snowstorm. The dog was skipping around in front of the car before it walked off in front of them for a few steps before coming right back and whining at mom before doing it again. Mom got the hint and tried the engine again. The car roared back to life before she slowly followed the dog. My godmother and Nick went completely white, but it stopped shouting as mom followed the dog with the car. It led them on for a while before arriving at a farmhouse. car finally stuttering out as soon as they made it into the driveway. My mom got out of the car, went up to the house to ask for help. Oh, my God, Mom and Nick stayed in the car, too afraid to step outside of it because the dog was staying in front of the car. A few minutes passed, and my mom comes back with the farmer who offers to work on the car so they can get home. It took him an hour or two before they were ready to go, and my mom finally remembered the dog that led them there and decided to ask him about it. Turns out, while he did have a dog, it wasn't a border collie, and none of his neighbors had one either. The dog was gone by the time Mom and the farmer came back to work on the car, too. They never saw it again, and if you ask my godmother about it, she goes pale before skipping over the question entirely and changing the subject. Nick was so scared of what happened that dogs to this day still seem to make his skin crawl. Asking about what he saw during the day always seems to set him off. He described the dog as a bony, skinny dog with bright and terrifying eyes, as black as fur, kept looking at him like it wanted to kill him. When my mom suggested letting the dog inside, he said that the, the thing even grinned at him. The entire time this was going on, I was in the back seat sleeping.
2: Okay, I'm biased on Border Collies. Mm-hmm. What if it's the ghost of a Border Collie and it just wanted to lead them to some place where they could get help? Because that's what happened. They, they got led to a farm and the farmer helped them. And it was a ghost dog of some sort. Now if it gave off an evil feeling, I don't know why it it would have, but it didn't do anything bad. It actually did something good. so I'm kind of I'm kind of on the fence on this one of mm-hmm. was it really bad or, or not but I you know I could see it being a ghost border collie. So that's my take.
0: I, I think, it, I don't know why the the fear is there other than maybe it's just the human reaction to it being a ghost and they, they could just sense that it wasn't living. Yeah. And it was just that fear of the unknown. But it seemed to be, you know, it did the, the good thing. Mm-hmm. It seems to be the hero in this story, not like a villain. I was afraid it was like, it's going to lead him to a farm. And then crazy people at the farm are trying to kill them. You know, something like that. Oh,
2: and it didn't turn into Cujo. You no. know, it didn't try and get in the car to eat them either. No,
0: it just turned out to be a friendly Border Collie. So you want to share your Border Collie story?
2: I've shared that Border Collie story.
0: I know, but now the Border Collie is here. We can confirm that the, the dog is in fact a ghost.
2: It is not a ghost. It is,
0: does not exist. No one knows about this thing, but it no, shows up in the night.
2: That's not true. It belongs to the next door neighbors. And this dog looks and acts exactly like my dog that I had for 17 years. And it comes up to me and the way it looks at me, it's almost strange. It's almost like it knows me. I I, I don't think it's my dog reincarnated, but it sure's the closest thing it could possibly be to that. So...
0: I always wonder about that. I wonder about that with cats. I've Mm -hmm. always wondered about that. Like if one of the cats that we've had is like my first cat kitty reincarnated, just being so friendly Mm -hmm. because that cat just loved me no matter like the shit I put through the cat through when I was little. (laughs) Um, But I don't know. I mean, you thought I would think you were crazy the other night for kind of feeling that way. Mm -hmm. And I thought, no, I, I don't think you're crazy for, possibly feeling that way do you feel that way are you afraid to say that out loud or because you think people are going to think you're crazy or or do you think it's just a, a friendly border collie
2: well i've had more than one border collie mm-hmm. in my life i've had three border collies sure. and and this one acts and looks exactly like oreo so mm-hmm. i i don't know it's just different yeah it's nothing like lena mm-hmm. it's definitely not not like coco coco was coco was not the brightest he mm-hmm. was, he was short a lot of crayons in his box yeah but this one is just like my dog mm-hmm. and it, the way it, it when i'm on the porch it'll come over and just say hi and come put its head on my lap and it, it just almost makes me cry every time because it's just like my dog mm-hmm. it's like my dog's back
0: yeah we've moved to pet cemetery welcome to salem
2: no Salem's <laughs>
0: we also have dry we also have vampires that float up by our windows at night <laughs> no. it's great fun It's kind of rise up. It's like, ooh, this is a neat effect. Uh, (laughs) 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online. I could really make a great cemetery now with the uh, amount of yard that we have this Halloween. I could totally make it look like plots, like dug up. We could do a fake mausoleum. We could really live this up.
2: I don't think we want to spend that much money on doing that. That would be a lot. That would be a whole lot.
0: What if we built a mausoleum out of foam
2: it would blow away it's true yeah we have a little bit more wind here than in branson Mm -hmm. not as much as wichita but Mm -hmm. kind of like right in between yeah yeah
0: i got a lot of room for skeletons now
2: yep you do excited
0: the movers were kind of like weirded out by the amount of boxes of halloween shit that i had
2: i don't want to talk about the
0: movers why don't you want to talk about them
2: because they kind of pissed me off
0: they were fine individuals that stole our daughter's.
2: Oh, those fuckers! They did. <laughs> they stole her switch that yeah. she saved up her allowance for. I don't know, like a year, mm-hmm. and bought a switch.
0: Nintendo Switch, yeah. And I had it in my office in a box. I knew exactly where it was because I had just I had uh, like some remotes in there, like I just certain things from around the house in it. I knew exactly where I had it. And after they left, went back in here to get her her switch. And it was not there. The holding case was there, but the switch was not. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so that was real nice of them.
2: They broke our kitchen table. Yep. They broke one of our antique dining chairs, which is not replaceable.
0: Mm-hmm. And then the fucker. Uh, well, he he did give me money to replace the switch, but good luck finding a switch because um, it's uh, they're impossible to find right now mm-hmm. without paying way more than what they're worth. Um, and then didn't want to cover anything when it came to the shit that they broke. So more adventures and moving. I will say this. Maybe my meds are working better because this wasn't the first topic of conversation when I opened a mic for the first time in two weeks. I wasn't like, yeah, throw up of hating people. It's, it's made it, it's taken like 45 minutes to take one episode and halfway into the next for me to get into this topic. Yeah. So it's
2: either that or just the new location.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's working well. Uh, all, all of all of the above of just kind of being more laid back about things and yeah. still pisses me off, but you know, it's like, okay, well, we'll fix it. We're so. not moving again. No,
2: no. no. I'm going to be buried here.
0: We've talked about that.
2: I'm going to be buried next to my favorite cow.
0: Will the cow be alive or dead?
2: No, I mean, when the cow dies.
0: When the cow gets buried next to you?
2: Mm-hmm. You can be on the other side. No.
0: <laughs> <laughs> There's a cow, you and me. That'll be interesting. That'll uh-huh. be great. It'll be great when uh, Harper tries to sell the property someday. Yeah. What's this back over here? That's mom and dad and a cow. That's um, yep. That's all that is. No that's big deal. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online. Next letter says, hi, I am uh, from the U and love listening to your podcast while i muck out and do uh, stable chores since i was little i've always been hypersensitive to spirituality animals communicated to me from an incredibly young age and luckily i had an aunt who was incredibly open and always encouraging and never shut me down about it this massively helps me now as i work and take on troubled horses there was never been a part of me that does not believe in ghosts i was always aware there is more than we know i have many stories i could share with you but this one sticks out as a darkness was something else. So a few years back, a friend and I needed to find a new yard to run the business from as where we were currently renting was sold. In hindsight, we were a little panicked. And I think therefore we misread the energy of the place. I also believe that spirits are good at drawing you in and then Changing their energy. So, after many meetings with the yard owner, we signed a six month contract and the place sounded ideal, room for the business to grow, etc. So, as I'm sure you all understand, me being so overly sensitive also means I'm attracted to highly strong and highly spirited horses as well. So, the four of uh, my own were all overly sensitive too. Next to the horses' fields ran an old stream, a steam railway line. Many of the other horses there did not seem to mind it, but my guys hated it. Bolted, ran through fencing, acting in no way like they ever had before. They were really bothered by it, which was unlike them. They seemed so unsettled the whole time. My friend and I shared a barn with just us and our stables away from other uh, stabled around our property. We had our own separate tra- tack room, which doubled up as my teaching classroom as well. The barn had a cold energy. I cannot explain why, but you felt watched But a strong, dark man while going about your chores being there. The horses never felt truly relaxed in there. On a few occasions, I walked into the tack room and my uh, 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 bridles would be swinging. Not the, this room was within, or note that this room was within the barn, so... No way a draft could have gotten in there. Kind of tried to ignore it and not not let myself overthink it. We had a friend do the clearing, and for a few days, the energy felt light again, but it didn't ever last very long. Anyway, we had our big opening day coming up, expecting around 50-odd guests. We wanted to make it work there. After all, we had signed a six-month contract. That morning, we were busy tidying. I went into one of the stables, and boom, I was thrown across the stable by a force that hit my chest collarbone area. My friend saw me fly back but said what happened. I didn't see what happened to cause you flying through the air. I said, I don't know. Did she kick me? What happened? My friend said no. I would have seen that, but it was the only logical thing that we could explain. I was rushed to the A&E and could not breathe. And after the assessment I luckily got away with just very deep bruising. The open day-to-be got cancelled due to my going to the hospital. A few days later I'm walking back from the Muck heap and I hear in the darkness of the night, I warned you the day to, I warned you the open day wouldn't happen and it gave me chills. Needless to say, we found a loophole in the contract and found a way to reason our leaving early so we could look for a new yard. But that was all one night. We were on the phone to a new yard that we were hoping to move into and it was about 8 p.m. No one else was in the yard. They'd all gone home and we had to go to the entrance. It's the only place where you got a phone signal. We're chatting away to the new landlord to be when he says, who else is with you? We were like, no one, it's just us. He replies, no, I heard a man's voice in the background. We both look around us and in the darkness, there's nothing to see. Rather than wanting to get out of there, we wrap the phone call up quickly, go home with everything crossed. This is a new yard for us. I had a friend communicate with my horse about that day. Horses do not lie. And she said, I didn't do it. When it came to moving out, my horses pretty much loaded themselves up as fast as they could. I think if they could have driven, they would. When they arrived at the new yard, they all looked so happy, soft in the eye, and relaxed. They all slept so much that first week. I've never been so relieved to get away from somewhere. To this day, I avoid driving past that yard. I'd rather drive the long route than drive past that place.
2: So it was something probably having to do with the rail line that that injured her. And made it look like the horse did it, but the horse didn't do it. And that's interesting that they have a friend who basically is a horse whisperer can, you know, communicate with the horse and, and find out. And the horse, like, I didn't do it, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know,
0: it's uh, it's definitely interesting. And I'm wondering if they can find any sort of um, stories of the rail line. Mm hmm. You know, was it just the fact that the rail line was there and that energy is still kind of at play and that just unsettles the horses, you know, feeling, you know, that those trains going by or was there an accident or something else that had occurred there on that property at some point in time? Yeah. It's hard to know, but animals definitely, um, they definitely sense things. I had a conversation with a horse this week. It was kind of fun.
2: Yes, you did. You you didn't get a vocal reply, but you did get a reply.
0: Oh, I got a vocal reply. We talked. Okay. We talked. They know things. Um, no, we there's uh, there's three horses that live next door and right you know right up this fence is like literally about thirty feet from my office, um, so I can walk out there and if they're standing there I'll go over and say hi to him, feed him some clovers, whatever. Apple. Or apple. And um, uh, he comes over, and I just start talking to him. And uh I'm like, you gotta learn your name. I don't know what your name is yet. And then he starts like nodding his head. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Uh like, do you like uh do you like clovers? Nods his head. Do you like apples? Nods his head. And then it was just kind of weird. It was like he was responding uh to what I was asking him. I don't know if they do that. I don't have much experience with horses. Uh, but uh then he just like puts his head over, like trying to like, you know, give me a hug, like just really trusting, <laughs> just hi. Um, not afraid at all of me and just I don't know it was kind of neat the red halter yeah yeah he's a friendly horse uh, our phone number is uh, 855-853-4802 to share your real ghost stories with us hi
1: hey guys it's Shanna I uh, just left a story for you guys and I thought I'd go ahead and leave one more <laughs> um, so this happened a few years ago and I'm a pretty experimental person, I guess you could say. I, If someone says that something is a certain way, I want to figure out if it, that's actually true, <laughs> within reason, right? Um, and I had never played with a Ouija board before. So when I was in middle school, I remember being at a sleepover and the girls were playing with a Ouija board and it super freaked me out. And I was very religious at the time, so I opted out of playing (laughs) and um, but other than that I've never had experience so I thought well I'm an adult now it's probably not real even though I totally believe in spirits and ghosts (laughs) Um, let's try it out and see what happens so I asked my one of my best friends if she wanted to try with me and she totally did not (laughs) want to and I was married at the time and my ex-husband did not want to either So I said, okay, well, I'll just do it by myself and see what happens, which I know that's a big no-no, but uh, you'll find out why very shortly. Um, And so I didn't want to buy a Ouija board because I wasn't sure I was going to continue using one, right, after this experiment. So I made one out of cardboard and used a Sharpie and drew all the letters and numbers and everything, and I was home alone one day. Um, and I have this little room that I, not really a a bedroom, but it was sort of like a really big closet with a window. And so I went in there to do it. And what happened was very interesting. I was probably in there for an hour. I brought silver thinking that was going to help protect me um, put it on the board I'd read about that I said a little prayer I asked to be protected blah 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 Right? I did all the things that i read about I'd done my research on Ouija boards and doing them safely <laughs> well after an hour I was so exhausted and I got the planchette to move I was asking all these questions um, a spirit came in I can't tell you exactly what the spirit said I can't remember at this point it was like years ago but I remember having this long conversation, and it, but it took a very long time. It was quite a slow conversation. And when I was done, I felt really tired, really lethargic, sort of like somewhat suicidal. I know that sounds very extreme. I'm not a suicidal person by any stretch, uh, quite a positive person, very happy person. But I felt really like in a dark place um, after that happened. So I ended up throwing the Ouija board away that I had created and I went about my day. I want to say maybe a week later, I was home alone again and I was getting ready for bed and I'm lying in bed, I'm reading a book and I see my cat run through the hall, which I can see from the bed, look up as if it's chasing something and run into the bathroom. And I'm like, what are are you chasing? Maybe it's a bug, who knows. But the way he did it, he was very curious and very interested in this thing that he was chasing. And I'd never quite seen him act that way before. So I get up and I go into the bathroom and nothing is there, I don't see a bug, I don't see anything. But he's staring kind of towards where the, the bathtub is, which is at the end of the bathroom. And so I'm like, well, maybe he sees something. Obviously, I can't see. And I maybe thought that it was related, but they also thought, well, it could be anything. Who knows? So then, I want to say another week later, I was sleeping, and my husband was in the ex husband was in the bed with me at the time, also sleeping. It was early in the morning. And I am woken up. By something I can't tell you what exactly woke me up but when I opened my eyes in the darkness I looked at the entrance of our bedroom the door was open we had always left it open and there was a dark mass right in front of the door pretty big I mean the size of a a man I would say like a average size man around six foot Six foot seven, something like that. And I couldn't make out a face, but it was this black mass. And I screamed bloody murder. It was just this primal instinctual scream. I didn't think about it. It just came out. And I sat up and I pressed my body against the headboard, trying to get away from this thing. And it flew right towards me. And then up above. So it didn't touch me, but it flew towards me right above our heads out the window above the bed. I'm not kidding. This totally happened. So I freaked my husband out because he was waking up and he was asking me what was wrong. And it scared him, obviously. He was asleep. And I didn't tell him until the next day Um, what had happened and what I thought it was. I'm sure it was related to the Ouija board incident. There was nothing else I had been doing or anything else I could attribute it to. I, I don't believe that it was a thought that I did bring something in. I didn't have any sort of like expectation that I would see something after having the Ouija board um, encounter, if that makes sense. It was just, it felt real and it felt Definitely connected to that in some way that I'd opened a portal that whatever protective measures I took didn't work, um, as annoying as that is. And I have never played with Ouija boards since, and I definitely don't plan on doing that. Now, I know some people, um, more acquaintances than good friends, who uh, play with Ouija boards on a normal basis, or that's sort of more of a part of their life, their spiritual practice. Um. It seems to them that everything's fine and everything is positive, and but it's so strange. You just never know. Um, I really don't know what it is about Ouija boards and negative things. But uh, thanks for listening. I hope you're well, and we'll talk soon. Bye.
2: I think a lot of it has to do with the sensitivity of the person using the board. I mean, they might be using the board and having have you know minimal interactions with whatever's communicating or they might be only having positive reactions or communications. But if you're super sensitive, you might be getting a lot more, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just, it's almost like hearing they, they might, you know, be almost a little more like hard of hearing when it comes to the spirits. Whereas you're hearing everything full blast and it's Mm -hmm. too loud.
0: Sure. Yeah, I, uh, I would agree with that. It's, uh, it's a very interesting thing how it's a sensitivity and and some are, are more attuned to it than others. Mm -hmm. Some have stronger abilities than others. Thank you for sharing that experience with us. 855-853-4802 is our phone number at real ghost stories online to share your real ghost stories with us. And that's going to wrap up today's program. If you like the show, you want all the bonus content. Sign up to be an extra podcast person in eppghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories to help keep us on the air and get all of the extras. Until next time, for Jenny, I'm Tony. Thanks for listening to Real Ghost Stories Online. Hope everybody is doing their best right now as we're going through this crazy time in our world. I'm Tony Bruski, host of Real Ghost Stories Online. wanted to invite you and let you know about our other brand new podcast that we just launched, Help Kill the Time for You. It's called The Dark Side of Wikipedia. It's about true crime and dark history. We dive into some of the strangest, most disturbed minds and experiences from our history and examine their story, their Wikipedia entry, and then discuss the cases, the individuals, and the psychology of the events as we go through each and every story. Some of our first episodes include Ed Gein, The BTK Killer, The New London School Explosion, Amityville Murders, Richard Speck, Amelia Dyer, The General Slocum Disaster, Jeffrey Dahmer, and more. New episodes every single week. Check out Dark Side of Wikipedia. Search it, subscribe wherever you download podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. It's available now with new episodes every single week. Dark Side of Wikipedia. Search and subscribe today and stay safe out there.